You are listening to the Gateway Church in Spring Lake, Michigan. To learn more, visit us at thegatewaygh.com. Well, this morning is our last Missions Sunday. And when we originally planned today, we thought we were going to be in the new building. Uh, we thought the timing, and so we've had a little delays, uh, but that's okay. Uh, Lord willing, in January, we'll make that transition. And when we, when we thought about this, we put together a very unique uh, service in the sense that what we're about to experience is very different. In fact, in the 12 years that I've been pastor, we've never, uh, we've never done anything quite like this. But you are in for a real treat. What we're going to experience today is a true story. It's a true story about a man uh, and we'll explain uh, his background here. It, you'll, you'll get the whole background. But it is impersonated by one of our missionaries, Dean Kirshner. Dean Kirshner works with uh, Gospel Link and has for how many, how many years, Dean? 15 years, my goodness. And uh, for 15 years, and uh, he serves in Asia primarily in Africa, but in India and a few other spots. And what Gospel Link does, it goes into a community and it develops pastors and leaders that multiply the kingdom of God uh, from an indigenous uh, standpoint. And Gospel Link is doing a great job and Dean is a part of that. But today, Dean is going to impersonate uh, a soldier and tell the story of this soldier, and it is inspiring, of a soldier that gave everything. And, uh, and, and so, I, I'm, without further ado, I guess, <laughs> uh, this is Dean Kirshner impersonating uh, Yavon. Is that how you say it? Anya. Yeah, Anya. Anya. <laughs> Sorry, man, I messed Nichiro. it up. God bless you. All right. Nichiro. Dobre, dobre jutro. Uh, on skazal, Minya zavut Ivan Vasilevich Moseev. Я очень рад быть с вами. Вы не понимаете меня. Наверное, вы понимаете, да? Ну, один человек там, он понял все. Ну, а другие... You're not understanding me, I think so. I'm sorry, actually, I'm speaking Russian. It is not my first language either. Um, I'm not from from Russia, but we have to learn Russian in school. And I was simply introducing myself. I try to speak English, but it, English is not even my second language, so try to be, be with me. Um, my name is Ivan Vasilievich Mosea. Maybe that sounds a big, big lot of words for you, but it's easy. Ivan is like, I think you say Ivan, but oh, that cuts my ear. Ujus. Uh, so Ivan, that sounds nicer, softer. Vasilievich is in honor of my father. My country, we honor uh, Papa. So Vasily is his name, Ivan Vasilievich. And then my last name, like family surname, is uh, Moseev. Moseev, it is akin to uh, Moses. I think you know who Moses is, right? This is church, so you should know Moses. Right? I'm not Jewish background necessarily, but somewhere we are Moseev. So you say, well, well what, what do I call you? Well, I make it easy. You can call me what mama calls me. You call me what my friends call me, and that's Vanya. Right? That's not so hard, I think, Vanya. It's, it's like if your name is John, they call you Johnny, or if your name is, uh, is Robert, they call you Bobby, right? So I am Ivan Vasilevich Mosev, but you can call me Vanya. Okay, Harsho? 
No problem, right? Okay, so I'm Vanya, and like I said, I'm introducing myself. Very glad to be here with you, and I want to tell my story about uh, growing up in Moldova and uh, some things God did with me. Moldova is, um, maybe you don't know where Moldova is. How many of you know where Moldova is? Now, if you're in first service, yes, you must know. All right, but if you're first time, where do you know? Okay, well, Moldova, I think you know of Ukraine. You hear of Ukraine. It's, it's in news. People know Ukraine. And uh, then you hear of Romania. For some reason, everyone knows Romania, right? Well, if Ukraine is here, it's like a big piece of bread. And then uh, Romania is here. Uh, Moldova is right in between, like piece of cheese on sandwich. Or if you are rich, maybe kielbasa, right? So I am I'm all from Moldova. Not big country, but beautiful, uh, quite a ways north, I think farther north than Michigan, but we get Gulf Stream from Mediterranean, so we grow apricots and cherries and peaches. Uh, we are known for growing big vineyards, not a lot of industry, little bit, but mostly agriculture. Nice place to go, nice place to be, and my papa is farmer. He works on communal farm, so we're not rich, but we have a richness in our family that comes from knowing God. How many of you come from Christian family? You grew up in Christian family. Oh, you are very blessed. Uh, raise your hand if you don't come from Christian family. Very few. Interesting. It is great blessing. And I know sometimes we don't have parents that uh, do the right thing, right? You didn't come from perfect family. I don't say that because no one should raise hand. But we, you know who God is. You hear truth. You go to church. You, you are listening to who God is. That is great blessing. When I am growing up, when I am growing up in 1960s, there is nobody I go to school that knows God. Moldova is part of the Soviet Union. And so God is not taught at school. It is illegal for young people to go to church. After 1964, Soviets make a rule. You cannot gather any kind of youth group except birthday parties without sanction of local communist bureau. Nothing. You get in trouble. If you read Bible to teenager, you can lose your job. And jobs are not easy to come by in Moldova. And so there's big pressure. But my mom and my papa, I'm oldest of, of seven children, and they know that they have responsibility before God to teach children what is true. And it is good to hear word of God. We go to church. We call house of prayer. But it is risk. Now, living in Moldova, we are far away from Moscow, right? We are not very near Leningrad. So we kind of keep low profile. I remember Papa telling me once, he says, Vanya, he says, uh, you know, here in Moldova, we sort of are country people. We keep low profile. We don't make waves. We are not ashamed of our faith. But you have to be careful. You're going to Russia. You have to be careful. Now, why does Papa say so to me? You see, growing up in church, I hear truth, and I see Christians, and my heroes are men that go to Siberia for their faith. Mama would point and say, see that man? See that man? He, he lose his job, but he's still faithful. A man come back and says, see this man? He's gone to Siberia for three years, but he do not deny Jesus. Oh. So I learn that we as Christians are a little different from the world. 
I mean, sometimes in America, it is easy to be Christian, and then the rest of the week, you act like world. Nobody can tell difference, right? You blend in easy. But in my country, if you're a Christian, there's a big gap. You cannot have one leg in world and one leg in church. Gap's too big in Soviet Union. And so I also know your culture. You, you teach children to say prayer and say, Jesus, come into my heart, right? Which is okay, and I'm not saying you are wrong, but Jesus told us to count cost, right? You're going to follow me, you have to count cost. And in my country, there's big cost. It is not easy. You might not go to university. In fact, probably you not go to university. So you don't get good education. You don't get opportunities. You don't get good job. Maybe you suffer financially if you're going to follow Jesus. Is that cost worth it? And so we don't encourage children just to say, yes, yes, Jesus, come into my heart, make my life good. We don't say so. We are told, if you're going to follow Jesus, there will be a cross for you to take up. And that, I think that is also biblical, right? Jesus say, if you, if you are going to come after me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross. That is not such so common on radio, I think, in your country. Oh, who is denying themselves? Tell us about your cross. No, we want to know about blessing, how God give us things. Well, there's cross to follow Jesus. And so... In my church, they do not encourage people to make profession of faith until they are teenagers and they understand what is going on in culture and politically. But by the time I am 16, I've seen life of my family. I've seen life of my church leaders. I go to school, so I see lostness and darkness and hopelessness of world. And I know that I need Savior. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe he rose from the dead. It is not some strange theology. It is personal. He died for me, and I receive him and trust him and ask him to be my Savior. And I pray for Holy Spirit to be in my body, and I give my body as living sacrifice because he is worthy. I don't come to him and say, Oh, Lord Jesus, uh, I will serve you if you do this for me. Oh, Lord Jesus, can you, make me, can you make this better? Give me my special plan. No, I know in my country that I am maybe going to have problems. But at 16, I know what I'm doing, and I say yes to Jesus. You see, I surrender my life. I am pretty sure what you lose, he knows how to raise up. And I walk with Jesus for two years, and I study his word. And I don't join Komsomol party. Komsomol is like communist youth party for high schoolers. And I get a little persecuted and a little frowned upon. But like I said, we're in Moldova, we're at communal farm, not so educated, not so big deal. But at 18, something amazing happened to me. Besides accepting Jesus, 18 is second biggest event in my life. You know what happens to me? I join the army. Oh, I join the army. I leave Moldova. First time in my life I'd ever be out of the country. You see, Papa doesn't have a car. We don't have money. We don't travel. And I get to go to Russia. Now, I don't go see Kremlin or, or uh, Saint, uh, Leningrad or Volga River. I go to boot camp. <laughs> and it's great, honestly, because I've never been away from home. I am excited to serve my country. And you might say, well, Vanya, why are you, as a Christian, serving Soviet Red Army? They're the bad guys. 
Well, I am citizen, right? And not only that, I don't really have choice. In my country, in 1970, every boy that earns 18, if he is physically fit, must join the army for two years. You see, at that time, we were at war <laughs> with you, right? It is not boom, boom war. It is they call Cold War. But there's lots of tension, lots of things going on. And so everyone in my country has to join army. But it's new for me. It's exciting. I am suddenly thrown in with all these young men from all across Soviet Union. There's big, tall, huge guys from Lithuania. You know, they come over here and play basketball now. <laughs> There's guys out east, and we make fun of them, and, and they are from Kazakhstan, right? Tajikistan, right? They look at me from Moldova and my funny accent, because like I said, I don't speak Russian. They say, ah, look at this, look at this redneck from Moldova. I, maybe you have rednecks here in Muskegon, I don't know. But uh, there's the boys from Moscow. They think they're better than us because they speak Russian good. Ah, but in the army, it doesn't matter. Ground is level. We all do our calisthenics, our pushes, rast, it's all the same. And we're learning together. We're part of a team. We're unified. We're trying to accomplish a goal. And I remember one day I am running. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, I enjoy this. I am glad to serve my country. Make me a good soldier. But I also know that I am soldier of Jesus Christ. It is not just a physical battle. It's not just about the economy. It's not just about my career. I am called to be spiritual warrior. I am called to stand for him and live for him. But in your, in your military, you have things like chaplains, right? You have uh, maybe freedom of, uh, you know, you can go to your choice of service. Ho, ho, in the Red Army, there's no place for that. No, none at all. There is no place for religion in the Red Army at all. In fact, Sunday is just like every other day. And so in my life, there's not very much anything for spiritual growth. And I am used to fellowship and prayer and Bible study, right? We don't call them connect groups like you call, but I have connect group in Moldova, not in the Red Army. And I know verse in Bible that says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Right? Well, opposite is true. If we are not seeking God, if we're not drawing near to Him, if we're not knocking and pursuing, where do we go? Some people say, ah, I feel far away from God. Yeah, guess who moved? Right? And so I'm praying. I said, Lord Jesus, I need more time. Can you please give me more time? I mean, boot camp, you don't have time for anything, right? You go to bed late. Sometimes you're up all night. Sometimes... I, there's just not much time, but I, I don't want to dry up spiritually. Right? I don't want to get caught up in, in everyday life and dry up spiritually. And so I pray, Lord Jesus, give me more time. That's interesting prayer. Do you ever pray such prayer? Ah, I know you Americans. You, you pray for more time so you can you know, get on this Facebook thing or go to Internet. or uh, I don't know. You have ways to spend your time, but you don't pray more time to spend with God. In fact, you probably look at clocks and say, oh, Lord Jesus, I pray he be quiet. I can go home. <laughs> right? I'm not condemning you. I'm making a little bit of jest. But think about that. How many of you look at your time and wish you had more time with God? And God is so good. He is with us all the time. Right? But we have many distractions. You have radio. <laughs> you have phone. You have text messages. Oh, I am so grateful that through Jesus Christ we have walk with holy spirit we have connection with god of creation do you spend so much time 
God is good. That is a prayer I think he wants to answer. And when I'm finished from boot camp, I am transferred to Kirch. Kirch is a military base on, on, on uh, Black Sea. And uh, we are, schedule is not quite so rigorous. And we are now in classes. And I realize if I have my uniform pressed and my shoes polished and I get up right at, wh wh when, when, when they sound bugle at 5 o'clock, I have a little bit of time and I found a diesel mechanic shop. And I'm able to go there. It's quiet. No one is there to bother. You know, kind of like, not most aromatic prayer closet, but now I can pray. And I just focus on day. And I praise God for who he is. Lord Jesus, I know you are Savior. I know you are real. I know no one is talking about you, but I believe in you. I'm following you. I want your spirit in me. Help me be a good soldier. Teach me how to be witness. Right? I don't know. What do you do when you get up? You drink your cup of coffee? Turn on news? I, I suggest, before you find out all bad things that happen while you were sleeping, find out what heaven is thinking. Right? God loves to spend time with you. Right? Do you love him? It is my favorite time of day. It's not very long. It's maybe five, ten minutes. But I pray, and I pray for mom and pop, and I pray for home, I pray for my brothers. And then one day it happens. I'm praying and praying, and I suddenly think, Banyo, what time is it? Oh, Vanya. There's no clock on, on the diesel mechanic garage. I thought, oh, no. And I look out, and sure enough, they have already assembled. I am late for PT. So I Sergeant Strelkov is not very happy. So, Mosev, I see you did us a favor and showed up. You better have a good reason why you are late. I'm sorry, sir. What happened again, sir? What have you been doing? Writing a letter home to mommy? Maybe you fell in the toilet. What have you been doing? Oh, I'm sorry, sir. What happened again, sir? I don't think you understand me. I asked you what have you been doing. I, I was praying, sir. Now, I don't know. I think you tell truth to Sergeant, right? Uh, but Sergeant Threlkov, he's not a religious man, so he thinks praying, he must be Russian Orthodox. There's What saint day is it? St. Anya's day whom are you praying to? Ah, uh, I was praying to God, sir, which I think is very obvious. But now my comrades, they are laughing and giggling because they think I am trying to be funny, and he is not so happy. <laughs> and uh, kind of make long story a little bit shorter, uh, I, I went through PT and had to report to Sergeant Threlkov, and he was very clear that it's bad enough to be late, and show undisciplined, but it's even worse to make religious comments. And if I'm going to joke about praying, I'm not joking. Okay, if you think you are a big prayer man, you, we will put you on your knees. And so that day, I had to wash barracks on my hands and knees with rag and bucket. Usually several of us mop it. And today I'm by myself. I don't think too much about it, but my comrades, they walk by and say, hey, I was supposed to be washing floors today. How come Vanya is, oh, no, remember he was caught praying. So, they, so they're going to make him do it on his knees. Praying? What is he, a religious nut? I don't know. Look, he's smiling. <laughs> oh, my Jesus, he says, blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they, blessed are ye when... Men shall persecute you and revile you and say all manner of evil against you for my sake. <laughs> Rejoice! 
Rejoice, be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. It is not big punishment, and I know I want to be on time. <laughs> but they are making fun of me because I pray. <laughs> I don't think too much about it. My comrades, they kid me and they laugh at me, but that's part of being in the army for anything. Until two days later, they brought me before Captain Yarmick. Now, Captain Yarmick is actually not too much older than I am. He's probably 22, 23, but he is rising in political circle in the army. It is his job to take insubordinates and <laughs> pop them into shape. He said, Moseev, there was, I understand there was a lack of discipline your part two days ago. I'm sorry, sir, if you're referring to me being late for PT. Yes, sir, I won't happen again, sir. Good, that's what we expect. The army is a place for discipline. The army is a place for subordination. You obey orders. We give commands. We work as a unit. Yes, sir, I understand, sir. Good. I have some papers prepared for you to sign. Now, when you believe me, the <laughs> Soviet Union, we know all about red tape, right? We have lots of paperwork. And when you join the army, you have to fill out papers, where I am born, what mama and papa do. Kind of, we don't have Social Security, but we have numbers, too, like you do. So we have to fill all this out. But these are papers I've never seen before. I look at papers. It says, I, Ivan Vasilievich Museev, do ascertain there is no God and a place for me to sign my signature. I, Ivan Vasilievich Moseev, do not believe in life after death. Place to sign my signature. I, Ivan Vasilievich Moseev, believe that everything can be understood and explained scientifically and technologically. There is no spirit world and place for me to sign my name. And it goes on and on. About three pages, three, four pages. Uh, Captain Narmick, sir, I, I'm, afraid I, I'm afraid that I'm not able to sign these papers, sir. Moseev, I didn't ask you your opinion of these papers. I gave you a commanding and direct order that you will sign these papers. But sir, these papers tell me to believe some things that, that I, I'm not saying the truth. I'm not telling. Moseev, you will sign these papers and put your name in because you will obey an order from a commanding officer. But sir, I am also a citizen of the United Soviet Socialist Republic, sir. And our Constitution, Section 3, Article 4, promises every citizen right of conscience. If I sign these papers, I will violate my conscience and thus violate our Constitution, sir. Oh, they don't like it when you know Constitution. Right? How well do you know yours? Okay, Moseev, you want to play games? You want to be a martyr? I'll give you all the time you want. You will go... We will sit you in solitary confinement until you sign these papers. And you will do so without food. A little motivation for you. <laughs> How long you go without eating? Maybe you get sick, you don't eat a day. Maybe you fast a day or two. I, I am a young man with high metabolism. I came to army to crawl under barbed wire and throw hand grenades. I don't come to starve to death. And it's not prison. I'm sitting in the room. It has window. 
It has chair. But I'm hungry. And you know what? I begin to feel sorry for myself. I don't know if you have such problem in America. I begin to feel sorry for myself. And I say, Lord Jesus, I'm trying to be faithful. I'm trying to pray to you. Why, why am I in trouble? And I don't know how long I can go without eating. I don't want to cause problems. All right, do you, uh, do you struggle? Maybe feel sorry for yourself? You don't like maybe job you have? Maybe you don't like how much money you don't make? Maybe you don't like that you are not married? Maybe you don't like that you are married? I think I can find some things in your life that do not make you so happy. All right? Don't like finances. Don't like people you work with. Wish things would change. Oh, all kinds of things to make you discontent. And I'm complaining. And suddenly, Holy Spirit say, Vanya, don't you remember? You asked for more time. You have all the time you want. And it occurred to me, I thought God's answer to my prayer was the diesel mechanic shop, 10 minutes a day. But no, now I can pray all day long. And not only am I praying, but I'm fasting too. Oh, God has sense of humor. It's um, truly amazing to me. And, and what's interesting is, is at around midnight, they come in, they wake me up, Moseev on your feet. And they brought me in, and there's three men, and they have notepads. And they begin to ask me questions. Okay, Ivan Moseev, why do you believe in God? I'm like, wow, okay, I'm glad to tell you. So I explained. Okay, Ivan Moseev, do you have any proof the Bible is true? And I explained that without faith, we cannot please God. And so some of his accept. Okay, Ivan Moseev, do we have, um, um, uh, have you ever seen God? And I laugh a little bit, but I explained that, you know, faith is evidence of things not seen, evidence of things not hoped for. And they asked me lots of different questions for about 45 minutes and write my answers down. I, I know maybe my answers get me in trouble, but I get to explain gospel to some officers. I go back to my room and I lay down and I pray, thank you, Jesus, for helping me be witness. Thank you for opening up door. And I fall asleep and suddenly they knock on the door and say, Mosev on your feet. And okay i mean it, now it's two in the morning so i'm a little tired they bring me back in and there's three no more guys like oh these other guys they tell them they want to know now too so like, okay so but they ask me same questions why do you believe in god have you ever seen god why, why do you believe in life after death and i think well you should have asked them they have same answers but i i tell them and uh now i'm tired you know now it's three o'clock and i go back and just fall asleep, about 3.20, they come in, Moseev on your feet. I said, what's going on? Come in here, we have some questions. They don't want to know my answers. It's a special thing called sleep deprivation. They're trying to break me down. Anytime during the day I, I lay down and catch little cat nap, they rattle my cell and have me come and answer questions. It's not so fun, but I am sharing truth. I am telling them what I know from God's word. I'm sharing my personal experience. I don't think they are happy at being up at 2 o'clock either, but I'm not in charge here. Remember, I surrendered my life to Jesus. And sometimes through sickness and through health and through poverty and wealth, I am not just married to, you make some vow to lady or man, but I am covenanted with Jesus. 
one day, two days. You know, after three days, stomach go down for most people, and you're not so hungry. Now, you don't feel good and energetic, but you kind of quit being hungry. But the appetite is still there. You are thinking about apple fritters. Ooh. <laughs> and I don't know how long I'm going to stay there. I don't know. Now, I'll say many things to you, but I want you to hear one thing, that Jesus knows where you are. Okay? He knows your struggle. He knows what is facing you. And he knows what you can handle. And he knows what he wants to do. You see, we want God to change things around us, and he wants to change us. Ah. In seven days, they bring me back to Captain Yarmick. And I come into his office. He's looking out the window, and he whirls around and says, Mosef, are you ready to sign these papers? For seven days, you have defied my orders. You are insubordinate. You are impudent. It's your kind of... It's your kind of teaching and politics that is still the scourge of this country. We will eradicate your kind from here. Are, are you ready to sign these papers? I said, Captain Yarmick, sir, last night I was praying, sir. And I, I haven't been getting much sleep, sir. I think he knows that. I said, but suddenly I feel like I am filled, like eating seven-course meal. And I lay down, and I have delicious sleep. I sleep better than I've slept whole time. But I have vision of Jesus. Jesus comes to me and says, I love you. Be strong. You're my follower. I'm with you. And just, oh, Captain Yarmick, I can't explain how joyful I am. And when I wake up, there's Sparrow on the windowsill, and he is singing. <laughs> Here in Kirch, in February. Oh, sir, I cannot sign the papers. But this is what I do not know. Captain Yarmick also has papers. <laughs> and his papers say, we have heard about Mosaic. If anything happens this private, his blood is on your head. And though he says you will stay in solitary confinement until you sign the papers, my, hand, my life is in the hands of my shepherd. My life is in the hands of my God. And he knows where I am. And he sends me out. Oh, my comrades, and they say, Vanya, where were you? Why, you've been gone a week. What's going on? I said, well, they have to sign papers. Really? I didn't have to sign those papers. Why didn't you sign the papers? I said, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. I Are you serious? Are you religious? You know, my, my grandmother used to believe in God. So they laugh at me. They call me names. They kid around. <laughs> but later, later, some will come to me. No one is around. No one's looking. He says, Vanya, listen, I know we're laughing at you, but if you... If you pray, could you pray for my dad? He has cancer. Sure. Somewhere down near the latrine, Andre pulls me and says, Vanya, you know, if you're praying, my sister is struggling with alcohol. Can you pray for her? You know, they laugh at you. They think you are funny. They think you're a crazy religious person. But I think we need to maybe begin praying for people. We like to go and convince them and say, oh, listen to what we know. Listen to what Bible says. Listen, this is what's right and true. Maybe ask someone, what do you want God to do for you? I will go pray. I mean, we can't twist God's arm. I don't know what he's going to do, right? Not everyone is healed. Not everyone is saved from alcohol. But he's, he does things. He's not sleeping. And we spend more time arguing with people and convincing people. It becomes a mental debate rather than 
personal God involvement. Let me ask you this year, do you talk more about Jesus with non-believers or do you pray for them and things that they need? I mean, ask them. I will pray for you. And then if God does something, it's like, whoa, that wasn't some manipulation. That wasn't mental gymnastics. There's, whew, there's a God. See, I'm living in atheistic worldview. They, God is big funny. They don't think anything. But I think your culture is moving that way. We need to see God, not just hear about our theology. <laughs> I think it's all done. But in two weeks, they bring me before Major Gedenko. Major Gedenko's father was one of the original Bolsheviks. Major Gedenko is a veteran in Great Patriotic War. You call World War II. At first, he takes father approach, kind of grandfather approach. says, so, Mosea, at ease. Where are you from, son? From Moldova. Mm, Moldova, I've been there. Is your father a farmer? Yes, sir. Mm. Good wine country. Yes, sir. said, uh, do you write many letters home? You homesick? I said, well, no, I don't write so many letters home. I spend a lot of time recently answering questions, sir. Oh. I said, well, maybe that's what I want to help you with here. Uh, I, I, I looked through your records. You did very well in boot camp, even received a reward in marksmanship. Do you want to serve in the Army? Oh, yes, sir. I'm glad to serve my country. Hmm. He said, um, you know, he said, then, then I don't know. I mean, lately there's been some problems in discipline. Well, no, sir. I, it's just they want me to sign some papers that would violate my conscience, sir. I said, oh, well, those papers, Mosev, actually I want to talk about those. I, I mean, you know what the teaching is in Soviet youth, right? I mean, you went to high school. I mean, everyone knows this from high school to university to military. This is standard doctrine. This is nothing new. They should be, you should know the right answers. Well, sometimes, sir, the... The right answers are not always the true ones, sir. <laughs> Let me guess, uh, Mosev, you are, uh, like, uh, call yourself Christian, right? I have to be careful. But I said, yes, sir, I, I think that in the Soviet Union we have right of personal belief. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. But you know that as we develop and science develops, we understand that the physical phenomena is not caused by God, right? Thunder and lightning is not the gods fighting. It's electrons. And uh, we understand that uh, the, the things, uh, the earthquakes are fault lines, right? And so there's really no need for God as we develop and understand this. And so, you know, even though those things served a purpose to keep society in line, we don't need that anymore. Well, sir, I very much believe bible because bible talks about do you own a bible mosaic no sir good good the bible has no place in the life of soviet youth it's true that the bible has a lot of good things tells you to love your neighbor and help people that's good but the bible's full of errors i mean it's not scientific and so you can't really trust it it's it's kind of a misleading book that gets people you know in, in various paths to go down this it's not safe because it's full of errors. I mean, think about it. Turning water into wine. <laughs> you don't think our scientists could have figured that out if that was possible, right? Turning water into wine? <laughs> Mosaic. Walking on water? It's not scientific. The Bible changes lives, sir. 
The Red Army changes lives, Moseev. I didn't bring you in here for a Sunday school lesson. You want to talk about God? Where was God when the fascists rolled into Nipipetrovsk? They rounded up the Jews and hosed them down and buried them in that field until the field breathed with their blood for two days. I was there, Moseev. And they, those Jews, they believe in God, and God didn't save them. When we rolled into Berlin, we didn't have a prayer meeting. We didn't have a chapel service. We took that city with our tanks, with our sweat, and with our blood. We didn't need God then. We don't need God now. And you don't need God either, Moseev. You will sign these papers. I will do what my conscience allows me to do, sir. Moseev, I'm not going to make a big deal of it. You will stand at the courtyard at attention until you acquiesce and submit to my orders. Immediately after supper. Dismissed. And I turned to go and I don't know, he maybe thought I would ask for mercy or something. He said, Moseev, do you understand my orders? Yes, sir, I am to stand in the courtyard until I sign the paper, sir, after supper. But you are to do so in summer dress. I don't even have summer dress. I had to go down to where they issue uniform. And I said, I need summer dress. And they laugh at me. They said, no, get out of here. You are, you are causing problems. This is some practical joke. I said, no, no, call the major's office. And, uh, I said, I, and, and they wouldn't do it. And I said, no, I, I will be in big trouble. You will be in trouble. I said, get out of here. Finally, they called the major's office. And I got my summer dress. And after supper, I went to the courtyard. And it's cold. But I stand at attention. And I know what it, by reading Russian literature, what it means to freeze to death. You lose feeling in fingers and you lose feeling in toes and it creeps into your limbs. And then comes in the rest of the body and you fall asleep and don't wake up. And I see my comrades walk by me and about an hour I don't feel my fingers. I don't feel my toes, and it's cold. It's Russia. It's February. And I don't want to die. I want to live. I want to have family. I want to work with Papa on the farm. But I am confident that my present affliction is not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed. I do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. I am sure that he which hath begun a good work in me will perform it through the day of Jesus Christ. I know it's nine o'clock when lights go out in barracks. My comrades look at the look, watch me from the window. They don't know what's going on. And I don't know how long I can last. I don't feel my arms. And around midnight, three commanding officers come out and say, Moseo, what are you doing? Following orders, sir. We know you're following orders. You know how cold it is out here? Ah, uh, about 20 degrees, sir. No, actually, I don't know, but they told me. I, they said, it is 20 degrees. I said, oh, I wish you hadn't told me. So oh, it's, it's cold, sir. But you can see I am praying, and God is keeping me warm. 
And suddenly they are scared because they realize that's true. By now I should not be standing. But they leave me. Alone. Oh, Господи, я не хочу What? That's what I will do. I will pray. If I'm going into God's presence, I'll pray. And I begin, I pray for Major Gedenko. He doesn't know gospel. He's never read Bible. He doesn't only know Soviet propaganda. Lord Jesus, he doesn't know light. But I pray for Sergeant Strilkov. I pray for Captain Yarmuk. They don't know Jesus. They know nothing. They're brainwashed. I pray and I pray. And in two more hours, a commanding officer comes out and says, Mose, what are you doing? Following orders, sir. At ease. Ah. Back to your barracks. <laughs> and I'm so cold and I'm so stiff. I can hardly walk. But he walks with me. In low voice, he says, Moseev, tell me about this God. <laughs> I'm so cold. I hope the Holy Spirit takes my words and uses them. But you know, first time, someone really wants to know. He's not writing down. He's not challenging me. He's not defying God. He really wants to know who it is that gives me this kind of power. You know, the world does not want to know your theology, but they are hungry and thirsty for something real. Right? It is easy to give out track. It is easy to tell people, oh, I know truth, I'm going to heaven. But you need testimony of living God. Has God given you power over pornography? Maybe someone has abandoned you or abused you or hurt you. Have you been able to forgive? That's supernatural. The world doesn't know how to get that. That's something that comes by Jesus' blood. That comes by Holy Spirit, right? Taking those ashes and turning them to beauty. That's supernatural. Maybe you are bankrupt. Maybe you are financially desperate. But my treasure is in heaven. Right? Maybe you are dying and looking forward to it. That's supernatural. You need a spiritual story. Oh, the next day my comrade said, Vanya, what were you doing? You're out there freezing to death. Oh, I have to stand there every night until I sign the papers. Oh, man, I can't believe you're going out again tonight. It's supposed to get colder. It's supposed to drop to zero. I said, I have to. Vanya, you're going to die. That's okay. I know where I'm going. What? You, you're not afraid of dying? I'm not afraid of dying. I gave my life to Jesus. <laughs> right? Death has no... I, he freed me from the power of fear of death. Long time they were subject to that, but I am not because of him. Right? Do people know that about you? Do people know when you walk in, oh, this one, he is not afraid of dying. Wow. You are different. You are different. And so I'm out there night number two. Night number three. Night number four. Oh. One night, the temperature drops to 13 below zero. They're going to break me down. Six nights, seven nights. You know, life isn't real fun sometimes. And it's easy to look at God and say, why me? Why me? 
Some people say, Vanya, why don't you just sign the papers? It's easy. God will forgive you. But I remember a verse where Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father and the holy angels. But if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father and the holy angels. I cannot sign the papers. Eight days. Nine days. I can't make it very much longer. Ten days. After 12 days, Major Gedenko called it off. You know why? Because my God was getting too much glory. <laughs> Everyone is saying, Moseev's going back out there. Let's place another 20 rubles. No, I lost 20 rubles on the last two nights. Now he's got southern blood in him. I know it in his southern blood. His God, he prays. They're laughing. They're joking. But it's going all around the camp. Oh, Moseev, he'll be okay. Vanya will be okay. And Major Gudenko has to call it off. Now, they're not happy with me. They send me to Sverdlovsk. <laughs> That's not where we go for vacation in Russia. <laughs> they send me there for re-education. That's what my papers say. That's a nice Russian word for torture. I don't have time to tell you what I go through. But it's military seven years. Court-martial. After three weeks, they stamp my papers, unable to re-educate, and send me back. <laughs> they don't know what to do with me. Oh, I am exhausted and worn out. I'm over time, too, but I have one more story. Can I tell one more story? I mean, if you can need to leave, please leave. But this is a very interesting story. I'm exhausted. This is after I've been sent to Sverdlovsk, and I'm back in session. And they're still interrogating me, but... But uh, it was, I remember it was the basic tenets of Marxist-Leninism. Nobody likes this class. We have it in high school. They have it in university. We have it in military. It's boring. I don't think professor likes it. And he's late. And we have this class clown, Vladimir Abu. He's from Tajikistan somewhere. He says, well, here we are today in the basic tenets of Marxist-Leninism. Our professor's not here. And, but you know what? We have someone that takes the other side. We have someone that says there is a God. He even stands out there a couple months ago and freezes his rear end off. Vanya, we ought to hear the other side. Tell us about your God. And I remember I was exhausted. And I've been told, keep your mouth shut. But there is another verse that says, be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you the reason that is in you. Right? With meekness and fear. Oh, I have the fear. I've been to Sirilovsk. Right? But I know whom I believe. I'm persuaded. And so I said, well, you guys know that I pray. And that's why I didn't freeze. I don't know why they sent me back from Sverdlovsk, but I've given my life to Jesus Christ. I believe he has power. You see, Bible says that God is all-powerful, and, and, and God is also all-loving. He loves everybody, he, and so he's using me, I think, as a witness. I think so. Uh, there's a verse that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. <laughs> Come on, Vanya. And over by the doorway, smoking cigarette, is First Corporal Sergeant Prokhorov. And he says, come on, Vanya, you, you're telling us. You're telling us that God is all-powerful. Yes. All right, so God can do anything he wants. All right. <laughs> and you say God's all-loving? Like, like God loves me? I said, that's right. Oh, everybody laughed. They think that's right. Because Sergeant Prokhorov, he's the kind of guy like maybe Mama loves, but nobody else, right? He's not a lovable guy. And you know what? You are that way too. You know why God loves you? Not because you are lovable. 
He loves you because it's his nature. So Sergeant Broker says, I'll tell you what, Vanya, your God is all-powerful, and he loves me. I want him to do something for me, and I'll believe in him. I'll become one of you. Like, what, what do you call yourself, a Christian or something? I'll, I'll do what you do. I want to leave out of here tomorrow. I'm kind of sick of this class. I want to go home. I'm from Armenia. So I'd like to get leave tomorrow. And if, if, if God loves me enough to make that happen, I'll, I'll be one of you. <laughs> And all Vladimir Putin says, oh, we got a big test here. Sergeant Prokhorov wants to become a Christian. God, they, God's big. Now you're singing, what's the big deal, right? You're wondering. You don't get leave from Soviet training without three months notice. This is military. It's regimented. He knows it's not going to happen. He's making fun of God. But I want you to know that Holy Spirit has spoken to me several times. Through my persecution, my suffering, I've heard God's voice. I've seen Jesus in dreams. And Holy Spirit says, tell him he's going home. I said, now wait a minute, Lord. I said, he's not going home. This is military. He, he, he has to get three months. Tell him he's going home. I said, Lord, I'm going to make you look bad. Right? You ever worry about making God look bad? I said, Lord, they're going to make fun of you. Tell him he's going. It was so strong on me. So I stood up. And they all quit laughing. I said, First Corporal, or for Mr. Prokhorov, my God says that you will go home tomorrow, but you must stop smoking. Now, I know what you are thinking. You don't stop smoking to go to heaven. In fact, if you smoke, maybe you go to heaven sooner. <laughs> but God is not a gumball machine. God is not a buffet table where I come and take what I want. You serve me. God is someone to whom I surrender and yield. Now, they don't understand that. And I don't have time to break it down theologically. But he has to give up something. He has to say, I die to something. Right? To be Christian, I die to the right to make the decisions. And so I just felt like smoking was a good one. <laughs> I think it was Holy Spirit, because Prokhorov looked at his cigarette and threw it down, took a pack of cigarettes, hit trash. Vladimir Abu says, whoa, Prokhorov's going to quit smoking, going to become Christian, going home tomorrow. And professor came in the room, so we had to start class. I didn't think too much of it, except I am praying. And Holy Spirit is strong, so don't worry, don't worry. I actually got with Prokhorov, and I said, listen, where do you live? He says, I'm Armenia. Oh, say, that's right. He said, listen, there's house of prayer probably in your village. He says, yeah, but only old people go there. He said, I said, you'll go home there. He said, Vanya, you know it's not going to happen. We're just messing around. Don't worry, I won't hold it against you. I said, no, no. You quit smoking? Yeah, I haven't smoked. Okay. You give God a chance. Go to a house of prayer and get Bible. Do what it says. Like, All right, Vanya. Well, because of my farm experience, I'm good at tractor and driving, and so I'm, I am, I'm on bread run every morning. And so I came in. Uh, and a bunch of my guys were there. Comrades says, Vanya, that was so cool. That was amazing. I said, what are you talking about? Because I have to get up and deliver bread around 6 o'clock. Oh, you weren't at breakfast. You won't believe what happened. You won't believe what happened. The major came in and said, I have a leave effective immediately for First Corporal Pyotr Prokhorov. You should have seen Prokhorov. He jumped up and screamed, Vanya was right, Vanya was right. Ha <laughs> ha, see you turkeys later. Vanya was right. Ha! <laughs> oh, he grabbed his stuff and ran down to the station as quick as could be, Vanya. But you're in trouble. 
Oh, when they got to asking, found out what happened in class yesterday, they took off after him to catch him. You should have seen that Jeep peel out of here on two wheels. Race down to the station just in time to see Prokhorov's train leave Armenia. <laughs> you got him, Vanya. That was so cool. Right? Everyone likes to get one on the brass. I said, no, no, it wasn't me. It was, it's God. He brought, I don't know what you did, but that was really cool. It wasn't me. But Prokhorov went home. He went to house of prayer. They were scared. Here's a military man. He says, no. I need Bible. I want to know who this God is. He left a mocker, a scorner, but he saw demonstration of real God, and he came back, my brother. There's people that God wants to use you to touch and reach. Don't think that the ministry here is Mr. Ben's. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. He can't reach them. It's not just the radio. It's you. There's some people, they will never turn on the radio. They will never go in Christian bookstore. But they will meet you. There's you. You are part of his ministry. And he wants to use you. You may not have great degree in theology. You may have big troubles. I have big troubles. I don't have seminary degree, but I pray and I suffer and I don't raise my fist at God and says, why do I suffer? I surrender and he opens doors. I have so much more I can tell, but it's time to go. So let's close our eyes, shall we? Let's close our eyes. We're not, I'm not praying yet, but I want you to close your eyes and you can picture last scene. It's June 1972. I've been in military now two years. I haven't signed papers. God's done many things. And they begin to not know what to do with me. KGB, I think, is involved. And one day they take me to a room. It's Cinderblock room. And they say, who do you know in Odessa? You pulled that off with Prokhorov. You know someone. This is treason. I said, no, I don't know anyone in Odessa. Only time I've ever been to Odessa is when Brooke had, no, you're lying. You will sign these papers. And one of them comes up and screams and yells and curses and spits in my face. As he walks away, I wipe the spit off. Oof! He's pounding me in the nose. Blood is coming from my nose. I bend over. Oof! Another one to my ribs. And I crumple to the floor. Suddenly they are around me, kicking me in the face with their Russian steel-toed boots. They're kicking my kidneys and stepping on me in kneecaps. And I writhe and I move. They grab me by the lapels and they hold me and they hold me against the cement wall. And they beat me and they beat me and they beat me. And I forgive them because I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. You have people that have cursed you and wronged you and stolen from you and abused you. But Jesus gives you a gift. He gives you grace to forgive them. Some of them are people that should have loved you and should have protected you. But Jesus gives you grace to give to them. 
Don't tell me you're following Jesus if you can't forgive someone. They beat me, and they beat me, and they beat me. And that day, they took my life. And Jesus said, blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Rejoice. For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets and the Russian soldiers and the Chinese Christians and the Vietnamese Christians and the Egyptian Christians and the Somalian Christians which were before you. Our Father in heaven, we bow our heads on Mission Sunday and we know that there is our principalities and there are enemies that hate your gospel and hate your truth. They cannot go back in time and undo the crucifixion. They can't go back and undo the resurrection. They can't go back and stop Pentecost. And so they lead men to kill and steal and destroy. But you continue to give grace and you continue to give light. And Lord Jesus, we live in the 21st century where you have enabled the internet and world travel and relative world peace to go and get this message out. To tell people there is life after death. There is hope. There is forgiveness. There is a real God. There is someone that paid for our sin. There's eternity waiting. Continue to make this church a missions church, Lord Jesus. We're going to need your spirit. And when I think of missions, yeah, I think of, I think of Mardi Gras and the reprobation there, and I think of the needs in Tijuana, but I think of Muskegon Heights. I think of around the corner. And I know that everyone in here is either a missionary or a mission field. And Lord Jesus, we're all broken. We all struggle with health or finances or relationships or future or fears. But you are our God. And I pray that as things are surrendered to you, that you will quicken us and give us messages and opportunities and power that we never expected. I wish Vanya was here to tell his story, Lord, but I've done the best I can. I pray that you'd take his testimony and his surrender and challenge us to walk in your spirit, to walk without fear, to walk with an eye on eternity, to lift you up that you might be glorified. And these things we pray, Father. Amen. I'm going to ask that you just stand right where you are. We're going to wrap this up here in just a moment. What a powerful story, amen? Wow. And there's been there's so many things that have been said in this short little time that's hard to just land on one of those points. But I believe that the Holy Spirit has captured our hearts. 
the thing for me, and I mentioned this first service, was this idea of total surrender. That when we give our hearts to the Lord, He wants everything, and there is a cost to that. I remember when I was a kid, 11 or 12 years old at camp, being asked the question, would, would you give your life for Jesus? And I remember saying yes. And I've shared that story before, but I want to ask you that very question. As we leave this room, we enter a mission field, don't we? Our families need them, need the Lord. Our co-workers, our neighbors, our friends at school. Are we going to be the people that are willing to stand for Jesus no matter what? If you're here and you're saying, yes, I want to, I, I commit to the Lord no matter what, even if my life were to be taken from me, I want you just to lay, raise your hand and I want to pray. Lord, I thank you. God, that you have called us right here into the ends of the earth to stand for you. I pray in Jesus' name that you would help us to stand for you. And Lord, the reason we stand for you is, yes, you gave it all for us. And Lord, because of what you've done for us, we can find hope. We can find a future. We can break the addiction. We can make it. Our families can be healed. Relationships restored. And God, we thank you that as we stand, you make it all possible. And God, we give you the praise. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just hang with us just for one more moment, if you will. Amen. God be praised. Listen, I went a little bit longer. You, you, I, know either you're, I hope you're blessed, but I told more about Vanya's story here in the second time than I did the first service. Um, so thank you for your patience, and I pray that you leave with the blessing of faithfulness and the Holy Spirit on your heart. People always ask me, said, how do you know that story? When I lived in Russia for over five years, I got this book, and I read it, and I wept. I said, I wish he was here to tell his story. And so um, I have a few copies. I have six or seven out there. I buy them wholesale. They're not free. But if you want a copy of this book, it's $10. You can probably get it online, but I just want to let you know they're out there. Uh, as Pastor Ben said, I'm supported by this church, and, and I tell Vanya's story four or five times a year. So your support helps me spread this message. Usually I speak about national preachers and I go overseas. Um, this is the magazine that Gospel Inc. sends out, and it's free. This is about two years old, but it tells a story of, of where I'm working. I don't live there, but I work with national preachers about 100 miles from where Vanya was killed. This is free. It's a couple years old. Please take it. Um, I mean, they're just back, or, back copies. Um, read about, um, I wrote the article in here. I still have a great heart for the Soviet Union. My wife is from Russia. I love what God has done there the last 20 years, but um, the harvest days are short. Your time is limited. And um, I just want to say thank you. Again, the light of the Thanksgiving spirit and this week, 
thank you for what you've done for our family. I know not everyone knows me personally, but the mission board is uh, intimately involved with me. I hear from the Ebelings. They're over Africa. Uh, Alexandria Wigan has been with me twice to Africa. And um, I, I realize that you're, you, are, you care about the Lord's work. You care about our family. And I hope that I've returned some of that blessing today through his word. Uh, grace and peace to you. Thanks, Dean. I love it. Thanks. He's going to slip out, and let's pray. Lord, we pray that you'd go before us, behind us, and all around us. Thank you for capturing our heart today. And Lord, go with us now as we enter the mission field. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen and amen. God bless you. Go in the grace of God this morning. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegatewaygh.com.